welcome to More Quality Times. This is Lauren. I'm with my co-host Jack. How are you? Hi, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. It's How was good. your week? The week has been good. I have been up and down uh, from Virginia to North Carolina. Uh, saw my grandparents for a little bit uh, outside and at a distance. I uh, was able to see my friend over the Monday and we went hiking and played some tennis and, and grilled out and just uh, sort of soaked up the last last few weeks of, of good weather before fall cools off. Uh, what about you, Lauren? Um, yeah, it was a big week for me. I had my attempt to return to some sort of normal life. I went back to New York for the first time since mid-June and uh, it was really emotional and nostalgic. I I um, missed my train out of Grand Central, so I got to spend half an hour in Bryant Park, which is right where my office is and where I used to have lunch back in the day. And um, yeah, I just really got to have the time to think about everything that's happened and and how much things have changed. And, and the city felt really good. I think people were really responsible and respectful and um, and and feeling I, I felt like the energy was good and that people were you know optimistic and I got to have a lovely weekend with some of my girlfriends and then came back to the city and um, went back to the office for the first time in six months which was really interesting interesting wow. like I feel like life has changed work has changed I have changed in that time and uh, the things we thought were important and and I, you know, I used to be someone who said I hate working from home. I'm never, I never want to do that. And now being in the office is tricky, and it's, um, it's suddenly you realise that it's all just something you tell yourself that you need to do, not really the reality. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it was. I, I, I really had an opportunity I think by being there to reflect on what the last six months have been like and how much has happened and when you really like tally up all the different things that have gone on it's it's a lot and and maybe overwhelming if you think about it for too long wow well you must have been one of the few in in the office building no doubt about that right yeah I mean midtown Manhattan is is not thriving let's be honest I think um you know, I I stayed in the East Village and um, saw the Upper East Side as well. And and those more kind of residential areas, outdoor dining's really great, and everyone's having a great time. But those that Midtown area that's totally commercial and no residential is it's tough. Like there's no where to get lunch. Bryant Park, which on a normal sunny day would be absolutely heaving, was deserted. And, um, you know, I feel really sad for all of the businesses in that area. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, like I said before, our our understanding of what it means to work and what an office means has really changed. And um, we'll see how it shakes out. I don't think that it's going to be a straight return to how it was before. I think the world's changed and work has changed. And yeah. I probably have too. Wow. Well, I, I want to hear more about your personal change some other time. Stay tuned. Um, but while you were away in New York, uh, it was great because I had a chance to catch up with one of your friends, um, Monique Mon for short, um, and it was it was really cool to have that conversation. 
What? Tell me about it. What was it like? Yes. Yeah, so um, we really covered a lot of bases, and she squeezed me in uh, as she was moving into her new apartment uh, at, at, with her uh, boyfriend, and it was great to um, you know sort of compare and contrast both pandemic responses, but also just sort of. Uh, culture for young people and, and uh, relationships that they have with their family. And, and she was also telling me about how she works in e-commerce, but her parents work in hospitality. So, you know, one business that has been hugely impacted uh, positively and the other that has been hit uh, pretty hard by the pandemic. So uh, really cool to hear about how both have adapted and, and what is going on uh, forward. So I'll take a listen. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a bit of a podcast rookie, so you'll have to be patient with me. This is my first time. Hey, well, we are here to make podcasts, uh, you know, seem a little less daunting and, uh, you know, just sort of talk to you about what the uh, last six months have been. We're sort of launching this right around the six-month mark of when uh, our world in the United States, um, at least, changed irreversibly, uh, it seemed, and, and everything, uh, life as we knew it, came crashing uh, down around us. But uh, we're taking this time to sort of emerge and, and adapt and, and sort of see how everyone else has navigated uh, the last six months, uh, you know, see what life has looked like before then, life has looked like during the last, uh, you know, year, half a year, and then what we think things are looking like uh, as we move forward. But uh, just tell me a little bit about, you know, what you've been up to um, in the last, uh, you know, in in this bizarre year of 2020. I can't believe that we're already in September. It's unbelievable. And I know I think we say that every year, but in particular this year, it felt like the first few months went so slowly when we first went into lockdown and all of a sudden we're here. Um, But in terms of what I've been doing, not a whole lot, really. It's pretty quiet. I'm saying I'm sure it's the same for most people. Um, spending a lot of time at home, spending time with friends and family, and I think readjusting and focusing on what's really important um, each other because it's irreplaceable. And I think that maybe we didn't look at that so much before and we were so busy and maybe it's our generation or maybe it's just the pace of the world these days. Um, but yeah, an opportunity to slow down and reflect and do the little things. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I think uh, you know I, that that really resonates with me. Um, but we we've been in in the U.S. We've typically move out of our house around 18 years old and and never return to see our parents. But um, from my understanding, I I, I know you um, didn't take that that particular route um, with your with your family and your parents. And you you come from a, a big family. So tell me a little bit about what it's like uh, you know for you and and what what exactly you're talking about with spending time with your family and friends? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I have been lucky enough to grow up in Australia. I mean, you've taken one of my best friends over there. So, I mean, we'll not let that come between us today, but we can talk about it another time. Um, so, grown up on the sunny northern beaches of Sydney and have been so blessed. And I'm sure like a lot of my friends, we 
have families that are able to support us and they really have. We tend to hang around a little where we've got the beach just across the road and everything you could kind of ever ask for at your fingertips. Our friends seem to live around here. A lot of us commute into the city. Um, it is quite expensive to buy property around here. So a lot of us have stayed at home a little longer than maybe we should have. Um, my partner and I recently did buy a place though. So we're in the middle of moving in at the moment. Um, but I have a big family with Italian heritage. So I think that I have been very blessed to experience the best of both worlds. I've had a, a strong cultural influence, um, but also have been able to completely assimilate as an Australian and have the freedom that comes with that and have really strong connections with friends um, and live a pretty carefree life, I have to say. Wow. Well, tell what's the moving been like? Uh, has it been challenging? I imagine everybody's trying to sort of, you know, move in and, and get a home during this time because we're spending so much time in in yeah. at home. Um, it's been very interesting, actually. Flatpack is a total disaster, and I don't recommend it for any relationship. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Air task that. Um, but we've survived, and I hope that if we can survive that, we can survive most things. Um, but otherwise, the experience has been enjoyable. I work in e-commerce, so shopping online um, has been very interesting for all of the appliances and whatnot, and the service has been incredible. And I think the way that even those services have adapted to this new world that we're living in. I had some appliances delivered yesterday and I was on a call for work and the guy sort of gestured to me, don't worry about getting off the call. And he installed the whole thing. And then on the way out, he kind of gave me a thumbs up and whispered to me just 40 minutes and then you can put things in the fridge. And I thought that was so impressive. I mean, previously they probably would have knocked on the door and barged in and wanted to chat to me about the appliances, but the way that they were so understanding of the circumstances, I just thought was um, a pretty good example of, the way things have changed. Wow. That, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, you know, everyone seems to be, you know, adjusting and, and you're able to just open up your door if somebody can come in. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, Uber for fridge installation. Pretty much was. It was very impressive. Wow. And and what about your, your business in, in particular? I, I see you've got a virtual background there. I know this is just an audio call for the listeners, <laughs> but uh, you've got very – lovely hotel room by the look of it. I do. I am currently working for a luxury brand in e-commerce. We um, sell jewelry. So it has been an interesting time. And um, I guess for the business and in particular, my department, we're a little bit sheltered or shielded from the full impacts of the pandemic because I work in e-commerce. So we're seeing exponential growth, but then there are sectors of the business that are not. So I guess I can sit at my desk and see all these great figures and great results, but it's not the same for the team in the bricks and mortar stores. And um, I think my role in particular is an omni-channel role, actually. So it encompasses a little bit of retail, a little bit of e-commerce. So for me, it's been a good exploration deeper into that field and understanding how we can make it work online and offline and shop where clients want to shop and just keep moving in the direction that we will naturally gravitate towards in the future with consumers. Mm. And what, what's your, you know, because you are in on the inside, what what do you think that, uh, you know, things will look like in, you know, five years from now? Uh, we've seen a lot of change compressed in the last, uh, you know, few months. Uh, do you expect that to accelerate or sort of slow down a bit? 
It's definitely hard to say, but I think that the online or e-commerce trend will continue to remain. I think that once the brick and mortar stores reopen, we'll probably see a a slight decrease, but I don't think we'll go back to, say, 2019 numbers. I think we'll continue on an upwards trajectory. Um, But I think that as a shopper myself, a bit of both. Um, I think the client that shops on more than one channel is more valuable than a single channel shopper. So if we can just meet the client where they want to shop, it seems pretty simple to me to let go of the boundaries and facilitate sales wherever they make sense for the client. Um, with jewelry, it's quite tricky because it is commission-based. So we have barriers with salespeople that have been retail salespeople their whole life, um, and they only know that one way. So it's a lot for me. A lot of my role is actually about shifting the mindset, particularly in luxury, where um, e-commerce is only new. And I think for a long time it was frowned upon, frowned upon because they felt like it would take from their brand. Um, so it's really about shifting that focus and realigning as a business and understanding what we want and how we want to treat our clients. Wow. Wow. And, and um, do, you, do you feel like, uh, you know, the other as a consumer, I mean, you're now you're thinking in the mindset of the, the client, um, but as as a consumer or uh, you're thinking in the mindset of the you know business. But as a consumer, what what have you seen out of brands and, and companies that you do shop with um, that you've liked? And what do you wish you had from some of the, the ones that, that haven't quite adapted to, to your needs? I think so much innovation, not just in e-commerce, but if you look at, say, for example, in Australia, hospitality, and I I gravitate a little towards that because my family's in hospitality, but the way that everyone has pivoted and reinvented their businesses to survive is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to see more of a human connection with e-commerce for our business, so finding a way to keep those sales advisors employed and working through our channel um, with the same clients they would have visited in store, but finding a digital way to connect. That's something I'd love to explore more and introduce to the business. Um, I think that 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 is tricky because it's hard to form that connection digitally unless you're having a video call, but even then we're not in the same room and there's no body language. I can't pick up little nuances or things about you that maybe I I wouldn't have known. Um, Whereas in a retail environment, you can do that because you start talking about things and conversation naturally shifts and you're with each other. You can make progress um, with building rapport and digitally that's hard. So I'd really love to push on into that space um, from a CRM standpoint and really figure out or work on how to build client relationships digitally. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Podcasts and uh, omni-channel is is definitely um, going to be where it is. But you know, you mentioned your family is in hospitality, and that's almost like a tale of two cities. You got e-commerce on on one hand, and then hospitality on the other, all under one roof. Um, what has that been like? Uh, you know, balancing that with your with your family. What exactly do they do? It's been very funny, actually, because I feel like. Um classic Italian family. Um, we've always been in hospitality and it's almost like the, the kids have been there and we've helped and we've done shifts when we were little to fold napkins for weddings or to polish cutlery and we've always been in the scene. And then as we grew up, it's like we became so opinionated and I think that was almost frustrating for them because we'd be like, you've got to do it this way, you've got to do it that way. And all of a sudden since March, it's like they've realized they have this very desirable skill set. And I've built three websites for just family businesses, um, little Shopify or Squarespace sites. And 
it's been an exciting journey and it's it's been nice to share with them and um I guess not be alone for them to not be alone and to know that we care and we're going to help them through and help them to reinvent and um I think for them the trickiest part was the staff and when you have no no revenue coming in how can you continue to pay people um but we did and we made a point of it and um the government here was really good with an assistance package but until that was announced it was very uncertain and it really was quite dark and a little bit scary um I sort of was sitting there thinking how far can my salary go to help everyone keep everything afloat and dad's a really positive guy and he was like you know what we don't need to worry about that but if we do when we when we get to that bridge we'll cross it together and we'll make it work um and we've been really lucky we're sort of on a our restaurant is on a walkway so as the lockdown was lifted there were people that were able to come for a walk outside of their locality and pop in for a coffee and every little coffee counts I guess so wow and and how is it now I mean we see in sort of Victoria that uh, the coronavirus has come back and they're in lockdown for another uh, couple weeks but where you are um, how do you how, how are things and and what do you think uh, is sort of the trajectory for your your family's business um you definitely couldn't say that they're back to normal because we can't have the same number of patrons that we would have previously and I think um I'm not sure about you but even just going out you do feel a little on edge it's not the same you can't spend a sort of boozy afternoon in the sun at a long lunch um we're restricted to two hour time slots and then we've got to move on there are um, marshals at every venue making sure that you're sitting down because you're not allowed to stand up and mingle here. So it is very interesting. I think that we, we're doing well. I don't know that we're doing what we were doing previously in terms of numbers, but we're doing well enough and we're happy with that. And it is nice to just have your, your customers back and the familiar faces that keep you going as a business particularly as a small business. I was down there um, when we were able to open up to have dining patrons again. Um, And I walked in in the morning and the first lot of people came in for breakfast and they were clapping as they walked through it. It was just such a fun thing to experience and to see people love hospitality and love being with other people. And when you think about it fundamentally, it's just somebody else cooking for you and serving you. And I think that the concept is fascinating and that we love that so much um, as consumers. It's kind of yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that that is something that I've noticed as well is, uh, you know, maybe people aren't spending on a, on a new car or maybe a new house or anything. But as soon as the sort of outdoor dining and, and restaurants have been opening up here, they have just been overflowing. Uh, because people have so much desire to, you know, congregate and uh, and and break bread over a table, and it's something that's been sort of deprived um, that, that we've been deprived of over the last, um, you know, few months, and even still, we're reluctant to to go in and do so. I think that sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier—that it's the little things, and we've missed each other, we've missed our friends, and we've missed chatting to one another in person, and. Um, yeah. I know. And so have you, I, I know for me, I've, I've started a new job. I, you know, two of, of my team members, I still have yet to meet in person. I spend, you know, hours on, on the screen every day on Zoom and, uh, with them, but it's, uh, you know, just being able to, you know, have a, 
the, their attention in person is makes all the difference. I mean, everyone's got four monitors and has push notifications flying in. Um, and sure that happens with our phones in, in person, but, um, just being able to connect on a, in an in-person setting is really, um, something that I've been, uh, craving lately. Are you, are you still working remotely? Are you back in? I mean, is, what's the, what's the vibe in, in Sydney? I'm back in three days a week and from home two days a week and I'm enjoying the balance a lot. I love the office and I'm a people person so I like chatting with people. I like sort of popping my head into somebody else's office to have a quick catch up on what might have gone down and I think that creativity flourishes in that environment and I, I although I don't really work in a very creative section of the business I think that we can be creative and it might just be me popping in talking to the merchandiser about particular units that are moving well um, and then the two of us nutting out a strategy on the spot um, and I think that we miss that at home and it, it is a bit forced because you really have to make a time to talk to people or keep checking their status on Skype to see if they're available and you don't know what people have on so um, it is nice to be in the one space and to be able to grab a coffee or lunch. I've got a friend at work where every week on a Wednesday, her and I go out for lunch and she works in the retail team and I work in e-commerce. So it is, we, we sort of just swap stories and it keeps us well aligned and also keeps the relationship um, blooming, which I think is really important. Right. Well, how have you adapted uh, since then? I mean, have you been able to have, you know, your virtual happy hour or are you able to go back out to lunch now? Um, uh... Now we're going back out to lunch. We have had a few virtual happy hours, which, quite frankly, I find the awkwardness hilarious. Uh, there's so many people and not everyone can talk and somebody says something and then a couple of other people agree, but you kind of wait for the next person to talk. And I was very much over the virtual happy hours. Uh, in saying that, though, with my own friends, it's been really nice to connect. Like, for example, Lauren and I at the beginning of the lockdown, or I would just call her or she would call me and we just spend a bit of time sort of downloading everything that's going on. And it's nice to be able to do that when maybe previously we were getting a bit too busy to have a regular phone call or make the time for one another to chat. No, absolutely. And something else, too, that, uh, you know, I noticed with that, uh, you know, increase in, you know, video communications and, and reconnecting with friends and just because they're not in the same city as us or the same country as us, um, being less likely to, you know, meet them or introduce them. But, you know, I feel like I've met you and, and Lauren's friends and she's obviously met a lot of friends that normally I would, wouldn't think about, you know, Skyping in for a, for a hangout. But when that's your only option, um, you know, you get to make these new connections and, um, you know, share these different experiences of, of this wild time. I agree with that completely. And it, it's helped because we do have friends in different time zones. So um, I think for you guys live in America and I'm here and um, with my phone calls for Lauren, when there I couldn't do anything else except for go for a walk, I'd go for a walk in the morning and give her a call and then maybe see who else might be available from my my friends that were overseas just to check in and make sure that everyone's okay. Um, whereas previously, maybe I would have been commuting into work at that time. So it, the silver lining, focus yeah. on the positive. The silver lining, exactly. So, you know, you've got the more, you've got increased phone calls. Uh, how else have you been spending your time? Because, I mean, Sydney is notorious for its traffic, and I'm sure your commute wasn't necessarily a short one. 
Yeah, I commute about an hour and 15 a day. So, yes, it has been so nice to have that time back. And even my commute now, there is less traffic. There are less people around. Um, at one stage, I was driving in because I felt like the public transport was a bit iffy. Um, but now I'm, I'm getting the bus and just masking up. It seems to be okay. There's a little bit of a hot spot in the CBD, which I'm doing my best to avoid. Um, but, yeah, the extra time probably spent exercising hanging out, cooking, which I'm not the best at, but I really am trying. So that I've been doing a little bit of. And I'm hoping, to be honest, that the two days a week from home stays really just so that I can be a bit more organized and try my hand at cooking in our new place and being a little bit more um, active and getting out now that it's summertime as well. It'll be really nice to pop Mm -hmm. over to the beach. Yeah. No, of course. And, and, uh, you know, you've got your own place now, which is exciting. I think the first time I met you, um, you were showing me uh, and Lauren all of your mother's cleaning supplies and the hand sanding and this and that and the other. I mean, uh, what's, what's the thing you're going to miss most about living, uh, you know, with your mom and, and, uh, Maria, is it right? Maria. Um, probably the stockpile, to be honest, because if, if a pandemic hits, we were always going to be prepared and I'm just not sure that I can hoard like that. So it definitely would have been her preparedness and her dedication to source anything requested. If you mentioned that you like something and Lauren would be very much aware of this because she has been over to Maria's house and actually Maria's house is a very good energy house. Lauren secured two roles having video calls from my home, my family home. Um, but if you mention something that you like, Maria will source that and she'll not give up until she finds that thing for you. So uh, she's got a very vast and um, great skill set that we call on when when necessary. So I definitely will miss that. But you know what? She knows where I live and she's popped over a few times already. So I'm sure she will continue to do that. So what what about the house, the the energy in it that are you going to bring to your own house and 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 what are you going to leave behind as you, you know, forge your own new home? Um I think the family aspect, which I'm very lucky Angus is very family orientated as well. And I guess when I say family orientated, all I really mean is being caring and considerate and loving one another a lot I think I grew up in a household where everyone tells each other they love each other all the time and I know that not everyone is like that and to be honest I didn't know everyone uh, wasn't like that until I grew up and we have no hesitation to say the words I love you and I think that some people do and and I hope that I can have an environment like that for my own house and for my family one day where we really can share everything with each other or share most things with each other. Um, I remember mum always used to say to us, and it's actually a little bit bizarre, but she used to kind of sit us down. I have an older sister and a younger brother, and she would say, no matter what happens, you always have to come and tell mum. Even if it's bad, you come and tell me and I can fix it for you. Um, and we used to be really silly and be like, what about this situation? Can we come and tell you this? And she'd say, yes, definitely. And I think that that then just instilled in us that if there was ever a problem, we had somewhere we could go and we had someone that we could call. And I think that that's really valuable. And we've, it's, it's been really nice to know that there's nothing ever too hard. And particularly in this situation where it has been very lonely for a lot of people. I've had a network of my own family, but also Angus's family where the doors always open and, and we have that support. 
Wow. Wow. And so, and what's, what's something you're going to leave behind? Is it the, is it the hoarding? Is it the, uh, is it the, you know, maybe some of the hoarding, maybe some of the extraness on some things. Um, Maria (laughs) is, yeah, I mean, I think I'm clean, but I don't think I'll ever be as clean as her. So maybe that's something I'll leave behind a little bit of the obsessive cleanliness, but you know, there's a place for that. I need a little bit of that, just not too much of it. No, of course. We love Um, our Maria. (laughs) <laughs> well, I hope uh, hope that someday I'll be able to, uh, you know, get to meet her. Uh, or, well, she's or... got a spare room for you. You'd be able to come, you and Lauren. She'd love to have you. <laughs> well, that would be that would be superb. Uh, that sounds that sounds excellent. And I know um, for me, the time difference it, it's it's the evening. It's bright and early for you. What's on this weekend? Uh, you know, how, you, you're really seizing the day on a Saturday. Most people are still asleep at this rate. Um. Early bird gets the worm. Um, today, I we've got a little bit more furniture assembly to do this morning. Mm. So that's why I'm up quite early. And then Pilates, then a coffee with a friend, going out for dinner tonight for my little cousin's birthday. And then tomorrow, really just finalizing things and officially moving in wow wow Mm. that is that's so exciting a place to call your own yeah exactly i mean we've had it for a little while and we were renting it out just to save a little over a 12 month period so feeling Mm -hmm. very ready to come in um yeah oh that's well that's excellent and i i recall there was um a uh, VB refrigerator vending machine, and I would just have to ask: Do you mind mm. giving us a little uh, backstory on that um, for <laughs> our for our listeners in the United States and outside of Australia? What is VB sure. and, and what is okay, the fridge? Okay, well, VB affectionately referred to as the very best, but officially a beer by the name of Victoria Bitter. And I think I was really angling for girlfriend of the year. It was probably the second year that we were dating. And Angus casually mentioned a VB vending machine, a residential sort of size vending machine for the home. And I wrote it down promptly in my notes and thought this would be the ultimate gift. If I could secure this item, which is not available for sale, it must have been a promo at some point. So there's a few circulating in the community. Um, and I was researching and I managed to find one on Gumtree a few hours north of Sydney. And when I say a few, I mean five hours north of Sydney. And so a friend and I made a weekend of it and we did a little camping trip. We drove up, we got the fridge, we brought it home. I hid it for about a month and then I gave it to him. And one of my greatest achievements or biggest regrets, I'm not sure, because now I have to live with this VB vending machine wherever I go. And to be honest, I didn't think of that at the time. I thought, what a great gift. This is hilarious. You press the button, the can of beer rolls down, and it plays a song for you, the the VB song. Um, and needless to say, all the boys I know were very impressed. I was actually discussing the fridge with Maria just yesterday, saying that it, it apparently has to live in the living room right next to the lounge chair so that any male sitting in the corner chair with the, the the chase can lean over, hit the vending machine and grab themselves a beer. Um, and I said to her, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I can live with it in the living room. And she said, well, maybe you have to get a little wire disconnected so that it doesn't work anymore. And she said, I'm sure if you, one of your friends that's a sparky can arrange that for you. And I said to her, do you think 
I would be able to find any male that would happily destroy the VB vending machine. And she said, you're right. Um, so it's here to stay. And actually, we discussed it last night. Angus has told me that it, it's officially a family heirloom. And he uh, plans to pass that on for generations to come to enjoy. Wow. That is an incredible family heirloom. I wish that yeah. I had something uh, mm. of that caliber and, and value of, to call my own. But um, I, I sadly think that um, I, I'll be waiting with, uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. <laughs> but that, that reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen that Seinfeld episode. Uh, George Costanza has the same uh, same sort of setup, he's, but he's built it into the couch. So maybe that could be the compromise where you hide it as or make it as a, a nice, lovely armoire or, or cabinet. Um, and then, you know, you open it up and then you, all is revealed. I would love to, but it's actually got a fresh cold beer on the front, a big visual of it. So I think that's half the appeal. Mm, wow. Well, mm. well, that um, for a hard that, end first, that's their tagline. Well, you know, hopefully in, in years to come, you, uh, you guys will uh, be wildly successful, upgrade to a huge house with a, with a man yeah, cave. Yeah, we need a man can... cave. Absolutely. And I'm happy for it to live on in a man cave. One day, hopefully, we'll make it to that point, And then I, I'll be proud of the BB fridge, I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, one other question how, how do you hide a fridge for a month at a time I, I mean one thing to hide a, a ring or a, a piece of jewelry but a ma- massive refrigerator seems a little bit harder to obscure well, at Marie's house of course uh, of course in the in the secret bunkers um... she's got the room for it I mean actually my brother gave it a spin first because of course it had to be tested when I brought it home so we filled it up with a few beers and he gave it a test run. Um, but, yes, it's everyone loves it, so I can't be too mad about it. No, no, you can't. Um, well, let's uh, – I just wanted to see, you know, what – now that you have this newfound time, you're not commuting as much, um, I want to see – just do a little rapid fire about what you're watching, what you're listening, what you're reading. I mean, it doesn't have to be a, a long epic poem or novel or anything. It could just be a cool article. Um, but let's just do that real quick. Um, so what, what are, what, what is the recommendation from Monique Macri? For watching? Watch, watch first. Okay. It's a little, little bit sad, but I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. I've gone back to season one, episode one, and I've started all over again. And it seems there are 1.5 million seasons now, and they're still recording, which is a miracle in itself, because I don't know how many more things could go wrong in Seattle. Um, So it's fascinating. There seems to be every kind of natural disaster or mass emergency, mass casualty happens there. So it's fascinating to watch, really. Um, that I'm, so I'm working my way through that. It is a bit of a solo job though, because Angus is not so into it. Uh, but together we've been watching the, the Ricky, Ricky Gervais series. I can't remember what it's called. Afterlife. Afterlife, exactly. So we've been enjoying that. A bit dark, but funny. He's, he's quite good. We like him. Yeah. So what, do you find yourself more comfort rewatching or re-adventuring into, um, the new the new productions. 
I actually think it was definitely a comfort rewatching thing. I started in March and I thought, what can I watch that's a feel good thing um, that I love? And, you know, saw McDreamy on the screen and I thought, this is the show that I will stick with throughout this pandemic. This is how I'll make it through. There it is. I don't think you're alone with uh, with the comfort watching, whether it's The Office or Sex and the City. I was brought along that journey uh, back in March and April myself. Um, but all right, next one. What are you listening to? Whether it's music, podcasts, conversations on the street. Music, I I am the kind of person that if I like something, I will just keep listening to it on repeat until I get very sick of it. So I've got Glass Animals on repeat at the moment, their new album. Album, very much enjoying that. Um, and then in terms of other things I'm listening to, I'm listening to the four hour work week audio book, which I just decided <laughs> we got really busy at work and it was all hands on deck. And I was downstairs picking and packing e-commerce orders. And I thought, well, I can't just stand here. I need to do something productive. What's something I've been wanting to read? So I jumped on and bought the audio book and I've been listening to that, which is quite interesting. Sometimes I find um, I'm really into self-help but I guess it's self-development um sometimes they're a little bit extreme but um I listen anyway because I like to take little bits and pieces from that type of literature so what's the what's the bit or piece or morsel that you've you've uh, really latched onto with with that book I guess with the four-hour work week he was really going for flexibility which has now been thrust upon us anyway so um, very interesting. But there was something that came up. The guy that started Shake Shack is talked about in the book. And he mentioned that he is first and foremost a customer service business and then secondly a hospitality business. So actually, I don't know if it was in that book or if it was how I built this that I was listening to to hear about the Shake Shack guy. But I thought that was so interesting. And essentially, all businesses are that. We should be focusing on client services and customer service because without that we don't have a business at all so if we can make that our number one priority and then the product or the the service secondary it makes sense or it resonated with me it made sense to me well it certainly resonates with me as a uh, you know as a customer as a consumer it's just uh trying to convince the management of the value Um, and then last one, what are you reading? Um, I suppose we sort of covered that with the audio book, but uh, if there's mm. something else I that you I do think. have some hard copy books on the go also, dabbling in the 5 uh, the five a.m. club. See, that's why I'm up so early because I've joined the 5 a.m. club, even though today it was a 6 a.m. club because it's the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've been reading that, and then I've been reading just a, a fiction novel, Nine Perfect Strangers by an Australian author, Leanne Moriarty, I think you say her name. Um, but again, a bit of a comfort read for me to jump back into fiction mm. in the last few months and just be carried away. Um, I think books are really powerful in that sense. I remember I had a job that I didn't love at one particular point in time and I didn't have a lot of friends. And for a social person, that's really daunting. And so at lunchtime, I would just go across to the park and I think I reread the notebook and just some fiction novels that I could totally immerse myself in into and it's so powerful they they can take you away and it's so nice to escape to another world sometimes I think Mm, yeah no without a doubt I I'm slowly getting back into it myself I found it too hard to concentrate early in the early on with you know these news um alerts and Mm. 
uh, new developments each week, but now with a little bit more um, stability, it's able, you know, you're able to dive back in um, to that, you know, comfort world of, of fiction. Um, but wow, well, those are some excellent recommendations. And um, I was expecting to hear one more sort of five, five hour, 5 a.m. book club, four, eight, four hour work week. I mean, the the number at the beginning, I mean, it's the, the three-a-day diet. I, I was expecting something else like that. But, uh, oh, no. Sorry, but, have a bit of balance, you know? Yeah. No, without a doubt. And, uh, well, so what's your one message for the for the listeners or for me or for, for the world at large? Uh, we have, uh, you know, is it all about balance? I think so. I think it's about balance and keeping each other close and loving each other while we're here to love each other. Um, and I think that if we can take something from the last few months, whether it be, you know, the movements that are happening or the pandemic, we just need to be kind to each other and we need to look out for each other and stand up for the people that that need to be stood up for. And I, I think that hopefully we can or our generation can make a difference in that and we can move towards a more fruitful future for everyone. Hey Lauren, how's it going? What do you think of the conversation with Mahan? I thought it was amazing. It was so wonderful to hear two of my favorite people chatting and getting to know each other. And um, it's just amazing to see how my friend has evolved in the time that I've known her. When we first met, we were just two young spring chickens working in fashion. And now she um, is so, the way she spoke so eloquently about e-commerce really just my heart yeah that's awesome and what, what what was the experience like you know sort of eavesdropping on our conversation uh is a first for you right yeah i know it's so fun i feel like we're gonna say this every week about how strange it is to eavesdrop like that but it was i just it made me so happy to hear you guys chatting and getting along so well and getting to know each other a bit better and um, yeah, I was just so impressed, you know, she's just such an impressive young woman and um, it was so lovely to hear her perspective on everything and speak so beautifully about her family and, and I know her family really well and they've been so kind to me over the years and um, Maria is really a force to reckon with and um, there are times when I was living in Sydney and I was really far away from my own family and she really was so available to me to whenever I needed her and um, I remember I would go to their house for dinner and Marie would say no no don't go back to your apartment just stay here (laughs) she just suggested that I just get rid of that and move into their house I I would really love to meet the the wonderful Maria I'm sure you will uh, sort of like the sound of music (laughs) how do you solve a problem like Maria I'm sure it applies Maria can solve any problem (laughs) and the way the VB story had me laughing out loud it was so funny and I I know that I've seen that fridge I know the saga that it was to get it um, and the way that Mon was speaking about Maria and how she can solve any problem and source anything for you I think Mon the apple doesn't fall far from the tree the way Mon sourced <laughs> the family heirloom yeah so you're gonna get me one of those too for, for the absolutely home absolutely not no no <laughs> <laughs> so that way it can't come back and bite you exactly lessons learned <laughs> 
Wow. Well, yeah, I, I loved chatting with her and, and just uh, being able to talk um, and, and sort of compare the differences uh, in, in Sydney versus America and as well as, you know, just uh, hearing this sort of common thread between them is that people love seeing one another and that's one of the last things that they'll give up and when you take it away and, and through a lockdown or through, you know, the fear of, of contagious diseases, um, you know, that, that hunger doesn't go away and really just increases that in-person connection. I mean, it's uh, something that I'm really craving to get back towards, um, you know, as we sort of barrel towards the end of 2020. Yeah, I think that was really the theme of the episode, which was really fascinating, the, the connection between that in-person um, connection at, from a hospitality point of view, from an e-commerce point of view, from family and, yeah. you know, building your home. Yeah. No, I, I, um, yeah, I just was really blown away and felt like you should have been on the, on the call so that you could have fielded all of those fashion and nice. e-commerce branding questions, uh, that, uh, I was a little bit out of my depth with. Perfect. Well, uh, Thanks very much for uh, tuning in, guys and and gals and everyone. And uh, Lauren? Yeah, so um, since we last spoke to everyone, we've launched an Instagram, which is at Drink in Earnest. Um, no way. Exactly, like the men. Uh, what what that means, follow for more, more to follow. And uh, make sure you subscribe to get the next episode wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, talk to you next week. Bye.